Hi, my name is Pastor Paul Goddard, and I would like to welcome you to the Sunday Sermon podcast series from Bethel Assembly of God. In these podcasts, we will be sharing our Sunday morning messages so that you can keep up with all the teachings that are going on here at Bethel. We want to invite you to join us in person on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 6029 Lapeer Road in Burton, Michigan. Bethel Assembly of God, we are a family. And as family, we grow. And as family, we go. I hope this message blesses and encourages you. Thank you. Of course, with it being Easter, we are going to focus on the resurrected Christ and Jesus rising from the grave. Today's message is entitled, Empty from Death to Life. And if you have your Bibles with you, um, Mark chapter 16, and it says this, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they may go and anoint him. And very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. and It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, And they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. So like I said, today's message is entitled Empty. Now, when I say the word empty, um, I like to take a little bit of personal reflection because I remember times in my own life, uh, times when I was apart from God, times before I wasn't in relationship with Jesus, or even times when I was, when things are hard and things are difficult, and you get these personal moments where your life feels like something's missing, like it's empty, like there are things that aren't there. And the only word that fits that time and those emotions is empty. For me, I I remember feelings of being alone, feeling surrounded by hopelessness, darkness, that I couldn't see through it, let alone imagine that God could ever penetrate those shadows. I had a time of life that was full of doubt, depression, and it was empty of God's light and his love. We talked about this a little bit on Friday about how powerful darkness is that surrounds Good Friday, but it's also something that's powerful because it's a, it's a reflection of our spiritual lives and it's a reflection of our lives without God. Now, I'm not, I know I'm not alone. We could take all morning and recount moments in each of our lives where we have felt similar moments. Maybe you're listening to me right now and you you think this may sound like your life right now. Maybe you're joining us online. Uh, Maybe you're on Facebook and you're hearing this and you're thinking, I feel that way right now. If you are feeling empty, if you do feel hopeless, I have good news for you today. You've come to the right place because Jesus has risen. There is good news for all of us in the resurrection story. I don't care if you've been serving God for 80 years 
or you haven't made a commitment, there is good news in the resurrection story for you today. This morning, I want to look at this hope, this encouragement, this redemption, how it came to ordinary people like you and me, and about how God wants to empty our lives so that he can fill them again with his promises and his love and his hope. So these, these women, as they came to the tomb of Jesus, you know, their hearts, they're shattered. They are in one of those empty moments. Everything that they thought of, everything they hoped for, everything they had prayed for seemingly is gone. They are in defeat, they are in doubt, they are in discouragement. They are going in a process of mourning to the tomb of Jesus. Every step they take is bearing more and more of that brokenness as they get closer to it. They had been there. These three women had witnessed the brutality of the crucifixion. They experienced their hope being deflated with the death of Jesus. This is an overwhelming, unbearable start to a journey for them to walk to the tomb. Empty, again, is the word that can be used to describe that day. Not only were they broken, but the men who should have been leading them, the disciples, were in hiding. They were lost. They were leaderless. Their Messiah, their friend, was gone. They had no understanding. They felt as if they had no purpose anymore. These men were reduced to mourning, weeping, and fear. We talked a little bit last week about Peter and his denial and how fear is such a powerful thing that can make us do things sometimes that we normally wouldn't do. These men who were so courageous to follow Jesus around for three years now are hiding for fear that the same thing may happen to them. Their lives, which just a few days earlier were full and they were bright, were now empty and dark. So my questions this morning are, how are you? How are you feeling today? Are you living life in shadow of fear? Do you find yourself kind of drowning in hopelessness at times? Are you anxious about things that are out of your control? I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to empty those things from your life today. Things like the fear of death or the efforts of the enemy to come against you. Addictions, discouragement. The things that separate us from God. Jesus died so that we might be emptied of these things and be refilled with a new life. Now, one of the things I always know is our problems always seem so huge to us. It doesn't matter what they are. It may not be a big deal to somebody else, but your problem to you seems like a giant. And the truth is, when we look at these things in our own lives, we give them way too much credit. We're eager to give credit to our problems. They're the reasons why we can't achieve something. They're the reasons why we can't move past something. We give all the credit to our problems, and we give far too little credit to Jesus. My Jesus is big. My Jesus is able to overcome anything that I face. The things I cannot face alone, Jesus with me, and I am victorious with him. 
He can help us through in any, any situation that we face. For instance, the first thing that we see with these ladies, I talked to, just touched on it, they are wa- taking a walk of grief, a walk of mourning, a walk that is shadowed in fear and darkness and hopelessness. The passage today opens on this scene with these three women walking to the tomb to prepare and anoint the body of Jesus. This is a walk that they did not want to take. But there are times in our lives when we have to take walks that we don't want to. There are things that we have to face and that we go through that we don't want to face, that we don't want to go through, but we have to. We've all been there, that we've walked paths that we don't want to take. Even Jesus himself faced a path he didn't want to take. Last week, we talked about his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, let this cup pass from me. Our Savior, who we are celebrating his resurrection today, walked into the garden hoping and praying that what was ahead, that he didn't have to walk that road. We all have to walk a path that we don't want to at different times in our lives. And these women were on such a walk. It was a walk that affected their heart, their emotions, their outlook. And there's no, there's no doubt that this was really, for their faith, this was a trial time for their faith. They were going through it for their faith. Their expectations had turned to disappointment, victory to failure. Their plans and hopes had melted and seemingly crushed just like the body of their Lord. As people, we want things like disappointment, fear, failure, hopelessness, pain. We want them completely gone from our lives. We don't want to have to deal with them. We like to deal with the positive. We like to deal with the good edges of life. We don't like getting out on the margins and dealing with the struggles. Even if we know dealing with struggle is a benefit for us, we'd still rather hold to the joy and hold to the things that are closer to us. But as a people who are fallen, as a people who have to depend on God's grace and his mercy, these are very real things and are very real parts of our lives. The simple fact is that they can never and will never be gone completely until we reach eternity. You will struggle. Christian, you will struggle in this life. You will face obstacles. You will face problems. Jesus told us this. But you do not face them alone. Jesus walks with you. When we talked about the Good Shepherd a few weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus has already gone before us through every situation, through every problem we think of, every hurt, every pain. Jesus has walked through that already for us. And those situations, while they may affect us, while they may impact our emotions, they may impact our thought life, here is the truth. The power of them is emptied because Jesus has risen from the grave. Jesus walks with us. He's not still in a tomb. He walks with us. So the things we face, the trials, the fear, the tribulations, all of those things 
are emptied of their power in your life. You will face them, but you do not face them alone. And you do not face them in defeat. You face them in victory. The other thing, this, this is great because all these things, our human condition, where we are set at when we are born, we are set in a life of sin. We are set apart from God as we grow. Jesus rising from the tomb, the ladies finding that tomb empty, has emptied us of our human condition. We are made new in Christ. We are made new as eternal beings who can be reunited with the Father. One of the other things that these ladies dealt with is worry. Does anybody worry in here? No? All right, I'm done then. I'll just... Worry is something we see... Some of us are masters at turning the anthill into a mountain. Of looking at a stick and thinking, we can't jump over that. Finding a small stream and thinking it's impossible, an impassable rapids because it's in our way. That's what these ladies are seeing. They're going to the tomb, and we know in their dialogue, as they're walking there, they're walking with a purpose. They're going to anoint Jesus' body, but they start thinking to themselves, we can't actually do this. There's a gigantic stone sitting in front of the tomb that took multiple Roman soldiers to move in front of it. How are we, three ladies, going to move this stone that it took six men to put into place? They're worried. Mark 16.3 tells us, they said to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb. They had already given up the fact that they can't do it themselves. They're asking, who's going to do it for us? The thing that was going to happen at the end of their walk was consuming them on their way there. They had to get to Jesus. They had to anoint his body. But that stone, who's going to move that stone? Now, it's not uncommon it's not abnormal to feel that way about circumstances that we face in life. Situations that we wish were gone. I think of like when we read in scripture, when Paul prays, he wants the thorn in his flesh removed. Remove it. We want the problems gone. We start worrying. We have to be aware though that the worry is what the enemy wants to use to distract us from our victory. What was happening to these women as they walked to the tomb is the same thing that happens to each of us. We start questioning the path that we're walking. We worry about what we're going to do in the first place. Sometimes it appears that even though we make the journey in the end, maybe it's not worth it. We rest all our hope on our own strength. And when we know we are going to face a seemingly unmovable obstacle, we either fall in despair or go, this is hard, I quit. The difficulty of our situations leaves us in doubt. It steals away our joy. Their lack of understanding and limited knowledge of the situation increased their worry on the way to the tomb. 
because they remembered how large the stone was and how many strong men they had taken to place it in front of the entrance. And then they looked at themselves and thought of their own limitations and limited resources for the job at hand. Now, I want to, I want to mark this. These women weren't crazy, okay? They weren't very hyper-negative. They were very realistic. Physically, they were not moving this stone. They did not have the tools. They did not have the strength to do it. They had very real-world worries happening in front of them. But they were looking at it through their own physical understanding, and it was killing their hope that they could get to Jesus. Their own reasoning consumed them, and it set doubt in place. They had relied on what they understood of what was going to happen. Proverbs 3.5 reminds us that you should trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. See, we, we battle an enemy that likes to hide in shadows, seeking opportunities to attack our belief when we're most vulnerable. That's what we're seeing here. These ladies, instead of recalling Jesus' words, instead of recalling the hope that he had tried to give everybody, as he told them what was going to happen, plainly, many times, they were still stuck in doubt and disappointment. So, in, in the movie Finding Nemo, just to, I know this seems off. In Finding Nemo, Dory gives some great advice to Marlin, um, Nemo's dad. Do you remember what it was? Just keep swimming. Except for us, instead of swimming, we need to just keep walking. We need to keep moving. Keep trusting in God that what is at the end of our road, he is already taken care of. That the obstacles that we think are impossible to move, God's got it firmly under control and has prepared a victory where we see defeat. And that's what these ladies did. They had doubts, but they just kept going. I, I can't, I try to wrap my head around it and going, you know, if I was on a walk and I knew I had to move a 3,000 pound rock at the end of this walk and knowing I cannot move a 3,000 pound rock, I would probably stop my walk and go home. Find a cup of coffee, make some phone calls, see if I can find some people to help me and go move the rock later. But instead, these ladies go, we can't do it, oh, okay. And they keep going. They keep following because they are trying to get to Jesus. They knew the stone would be there. They kept walking. And they were rewarded. These ladies are the first of Jesus' followers to see the empty tomb. They are the first to know that Jesus has been resurrected. The first. And they had all their fears and worries emptied and refilled with something else, with the hope that Jesus brings. Because Jesus didn't just, he wasn't just resurrected to empty us of things, but he was resurrected to fill us with things as well. 
Jesus was resurrected so that we could be filled with wonder in God. Wonder is an awesome thing. And I I know one of our, so parents, one of our favorite things to do is when we give it to one of our child, we give them a gift. And we know what's in the gift. We already know. But what we're waiting for is not them to open it, but we're waiting for their face to see what happens when they figure out what's in the box. They open their face, and you got them socks. And they're sad. Unless your child really loves socks. But they open that, and they find something that brings them joy. They find something they were searching for, wanted, needed. And what happens? They get this look of wonder and amazement all over their face from what just happened. Because what they needed, they have. What they wanted, what they were searching for, they now have right in front of them. Jesus came to fill us with the wonder again of God and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us and the lengths he's willing to go to to make that connection. That is the wonderment we should have on our face every time we encounter Jesus. We've talked about, you know, the sour and dour saint before that worships like this. Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead and come back so you could cross your arms in church so that you, you could complain about your neighbors so that you could talk politics and be angry about things all the time. Jesus came back from the dead to bring life to you, to bring life into your every day, to bring life into your spiritual walk, to take you from death to life. And he came so that you could stand amazed in the wonderment of God and his creation once again. Jesus came so that you may live. Now, these ladies, they were a little, had a little bit wonderment going on. The scripture tells us they were actually afraid. Now, I'm pretty sure if most of us went to a tomb that we knew two days ago was occupied and we found it emptied and open, we would probably have some questions. We would probably be a little surprised. Now, if we did that and all of a sudden an angel showed up and started talking to us, we would be go on surprise and probably have a little healthy dose of fear going on as well because we don't expect that. But here these ladies stand in wonderment at the empty tomb. And not only do they first get to see the tomb empty, they are the first to hear the good news that Jesus who was crucified for the sins of the world, has risen from the dead. These women made the single most important discovery in the history of the world. Way to go, ladies. All right? This is why women get to preach, okay? Because they heard the message first. Now, They see that the greatest warrior on their walk, it's taken care of. It's gone. It's done. They discovered God once again 
has gone before them. Just like he has throughout history. Just like he parted the Red Sea. Just like he told Gideon how he was going to win his victory. Just like Elijah was able to call down fire, God was there and ready to move. They discovered that when something is too big for us to handle ourselves, that we can give it to God. That the hand of God is not only ready to, but it's willing to and able to move the stone from our lives. One of the things we have to get here in this story is that this moment of wonder in our lives. It is, it's not that the rock is gone. Here's what we have to realize. It's not our job to roll away the stone. God is going to take care of it. It is our job to pursue Jesus. The women's job was not to move the rock. It was to go to Jesus. It is not our job to have all the answers. It's our duty to be devoted to Jesus. It's not our job to worry about how God is going to do it. It's our job to trust and know that he will provide for the need. It's not our job to worry about the future, but to trust and love Jesus that he's got it today. This is how we capture and retain the wonder of God in our lives. We stop trying to do his job. Because I don't know about you, I can't do God's job. I'm not equipped to do God's job. I'm equipped to do what God has for me. I'm equipped to go and do what God has laid out for me, to walk the path that God has. And at the end of that path, God is saying, you're faithful and we're going to do this together. We allow Jesus to empty us of all the worry, the fear, the doubt, and sin, and to replace it in our lives with faith, wonder, love, hope. These are the things that God wants to fill you with because the tomb was empty. Now, there's one last person in this narrative today that I don't want to miss because we talked about him last week, and that's our good friend Peter. Now, When the women encountered the tomb, they found it empty of Jesus, but occupied by an angel who tells them this, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. When we left Peter last week, Peter had denied Jesus. Peter had walked away. And here we find him Jesus is making note of this. This is before he restores him. The angel is telling him, tell the disciples, but especially tell Peter. Why especially tell Peter? Because Jesus has a plan to restore him that we read about last week. And he needs Peter to be there at the Sea of Galilee when he shows up so he can talk to him, so he can forgive him, so he can instill in him that love and hope that Jesus has for him. Jesus has planned out 
your restoration. All we have to do is show up. That's all Peter needed to do was show up. And Jesus was there waiting for him. This is the revelation of the gospel. Right here, on the very first resurrection day, grace triumphing over sin, fear, and doubt. It's that God's love will find you. Even when you're at your lowest. Nobody on earth at this point, I guarantee you, feels as bad as Peter does at this moment. Nobody. That's saying a lot. Peter is at his lowest. It teaches us that you are never out of reach of God. That no matter what depth you think you've sunk to, no matter where you think you are in your life, you're not out of reach of God's love and his mercy. And that's what Jesus wanted Peter to know. He wanted Peter to know this because he knew Peter was hurting. He knew he was having doubts. Jesus wanted him to know that he was still loved, accepted, and that Jesus was willing to forgive him. And all Peter had to do was show up and be there. As bad as you might feel today, as sinful as you think you may are, how dark you feel, or, or about your past, or any of that, we know that grace has increased for us. Not so that we can sin more, but so that we can be saved from more. Romans 5.20 tells us, where sin increased, grace abounds all the more. This is not license. This is freedom. It's freedom from sin and death and hell and the grave. Because there is one thing that sin cannot do. It can slow you down. It can cause you to have doubts. It can cause you to have shame, regrets. But it cannot make Jesus stop loving you. Because Jesus doesn't expose and exploit the emptiness of our lives. He doesn't. Jesus isn't about pointing it out so that we feel bad. Jesus, instead, wants to restore. He wants to renew us. He wants to refill us with the life that he bought for us. Peter is a constant witness to all of us of the restorative power and love of Jesus' resurrection. Now, I want us all to hear and understand something here. This is the heart of the resurrected Christ. Jesus loves us. He cares for us. He wants to move stones out of our lives so that we can be emptied out. He wants to calm our fears. He wants to cast out all our doubts. He wants to empty us of the old, the things that hold us back, the things that keep us from growing. Jesus is not about the tomb. He's about the life outside of it. Now I know it's Easter, and we focus a ton on the forgiveness aspect of this season. 
But I want to be clear, it's more than just forgiveness. It's redemption. It's restoration. Because Jesus didn't just die to empty us. He didn't just die on the cross so that sin could be forgiven and we could be free to do whatever we want. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection came with a promise of emptiness of sin and death and a fulfillment of wonder, faith, love, and life. Life abundantly. Now, the promise of the resurrection is this. Josh McDowell wrote this. It says, no matter how devastating our struggles, disappointments, and troubles are, they are only temporary. No matter what happens to you, no matter the depth of tragedy or pain you face, no matter how death stalks you and your loved ones, the resurrection promises you a future of immeasurable good. What we face in life is temporary. The power of the resurrection is permanent. It is forever. It is eternal. And it's ours because Jesus did it for us. The women found an empty tomb that day. And because the tomb was empty... Your life doesn't have to be. Thank you for joining us here today on the Bethel Sermon Series podcast. We want to invite you to join us in person at 6029 Lapeer Road on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also find out more information on our Facebook page or go to our website at www.bethelfamily.live. That's www.bethelfamily.live for more information. God bless. Have a great week. Subscribe and join us back for next week. Thank you.